We get the sword. We uh, watch the sword conference. We uh, sign up for the VIP and pass the CDs around our church so that everyone can have a chance to listen to the annual conference. Get on board with that. Uh, the banner fundamentalism being held high uh, by the sword of the Lord. Not too many are doing that now. Holding true to the sound doctrines of the Word of God and the local New Testament church. Let's welcome Brother Belcher and open up our hearts to um, what God has for us. Amen. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Give me a hand. Give me a hand. No, you can't have my Bible. <laughs> he does have a big book of notes. <laughs> and you leave it alone. <laughs> right there. And you leave it alone. <laughs> you can't take him anywhere, can you? <laughs> Kim says. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I have... Um, I have mixed emotions here this morning. Uh, I, I know we have to say goodbye to a, to a lot of you, um, and I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, meeting everyone and uh, preaching in the various churches, and um, I will go back to America with uh, just um, all kinds of good things flowing through my mind. I took video and pictures of uh, everything I could take a video of and and um, I don't uh, I don't uh, what do you call it? Book face? Facebook? I don't, I, I don't yeah book face. I don't do that so I won't put your picture on social media um, I promise but uh, but I probably will show my church uh, I have uh, all these little um, kids in my church that that are computer savvy, and they know how to take my phone and take all the stuff off of it and put it into a CD, and then I'll probably just show my church family uh, that in a couple of weeks and uh, let them see what I got to experience down here. Uh, but thank you so much for everything, everything. It's just been so wonderful and uh, getting to know all of you and Pastor, God bless you, sir. He had us in his home and, um, and I really should say God bless his wife because uh, she had cooked for us. And, um, and yeah, so uh, uh, but it's, it's just all been tremendous and I thank the Lord for it. And I appreciate the messages this morning. Haven't you been blessed this morning already? Amen. Yeah, me too. I uh, love to hear uh, men of God preach on Jeremiah and all that Jeremiah went through. We call, we call him the, the weeping prophet. And uh, certainly he was a man whose ministry was, uh, was um, identified by a broken heart. And, uh, and so I always enjoy hearing messages on Jeremiah. So Brother Mata, thank you. I don't know where you went. There you are. Thank you, sir. And um, and uh, Brother Adrian, thank you as well. God bless each one of you, and I'll certainly be praying for your ministries. Amen. All right, let's take our Bibles this morning and turn, or this afternoon, this evening, <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> it's uh, evening at where I live. But... Um, to John 13, please. John 13. And I'm going to read you a story that I think you're probably very familiar with. And then I want to
pull out a couple of things that I trust will be an encouragement and a help and a blessing to you and help you in your Christian walk and in your soul winning and in your prayer life and just in your general service for God. All right, so uh, John 13, and let's begin reading, please, in verse 1. The Bible here says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. All right, so verse 1 is telling us that it's Passover time, and so what's going to happen if you uh, just keep reading here, you're going to see that they're going to leave this upper room where they are, where they have uh, prepared for the Passover, and the Lord Jesus is going to, uh, after this chapter and, uh, and, and in chapter 14, they're going to start making their way uh, over to uh, to the uh to Gethsemane, and the Lord Jesus is going to uh, pray with his uh, with with uh, inner circle of his disciples. The others um, are are going to uh, stay in one location on the mount in the garden, and then the three, and then Jesus. And when every time Jesus comes back, they're sleeping. Remember that. And he says, "Can you not stay awake?" And I'm probably going to have to say that to a couple of folks here this morning, aren't I? Yeah, I understand the party was on last night, yeah? Yeah. What time did you go to bed? Oh, four. Or, mercy. You don't, you, I guess, no sleeping, okay? No sleeping. Uh, I always figure if you can sleep while I'm preaching, you need to rest. So go ahead, go ahead I guess. But um, anyway, that's what's going on. And then the Lord Jesus is going to be arrested, okay, and uh, taken to the house of Caiaphas, the high priest, and the next morning placed on the cross at 9 o'clock. So it is, uh, it is right around uh, 6 o'clock in the evening, all right? Right around 6 o'clock in the evening. And, uh, and, and when this has taken place... All right, so verse 2, and supper being ended. Now, that's the Passover supper. All right, supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and went to God, he riseth up from supper. All right, now here's the story. Watch this carefully. He riseth up from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin, into a little, little basin, a little tub. All right, so he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter. Always Peter. <laughs> Peter's always the one. Yep. And uh, so, so uh, he, he, um, he came to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, Lord, 
dost thou wash my feet? And I'll, I'll tell you a little bit what I think he's saying there. Verse 7, Jesus answered and said unto him, now watch carefully, listen to every word. What I do, thou knowest not. What's the next word? No. Now, you don't get it. You don't understand this yet. But you're going to. That's the point. You don't understand what I'm doing right now, but you will. All right? Thou shalt know hereafter. <clears throat> Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, in other words, if that's the case, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. In other words, just give me a bath. All right? Just clean me all over. All right, so Jesus saith unto him, he that is washed needeth not save, except, save, except to uh, uh, wash his feet. All right, so look at that again. He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him, therefore said he, ye are not all clean. Now that's how we know that Judas Iscariot was not saved. That's how we know, because Jesus told us. You see, we look on the outward appearance, don't we? And let me remind you, Judas went with everybody else when, they, uh, when he sent out the 70. And they came back rejoicing. Even the devils are, are, are in authority to us. They were so happy. All right, so they, uh, Judas was right there with the rest of them. <coughs> and, but yet, he was not saved. Can I remind you, the Lord Jesus said in the great Sermon on the Mount, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Okay, so uh, some will say, well, Lord, we uh, did mighty miracles in your name. We did this, we did that. Uh, we preached uh, in your name. Well, uh, depart from me, I never knew you. You see, God looks on the heart. We, we might look on the out, outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And so Jesus knew what was in Judas's heart. That's all that's saying right there. All right, verse 12. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have, what's the next word? Done unto you. All right, done. In other words, folks, the, what happened here was an acted out parable you know what a parable is right a parable is an earthly story 
that has a heavenly meaning. And so the Lord was the master at the use of a parable. And so he acted out this parable for them to see so they could remember it so it would be in their minds. And he said, you don't understand what I have done to you right now, but you will. You see, when the Holy Spirit came upon them and opened their understanding, they would understand why he did this, this uh, event, washing their feet. All right? Everybody got that? And so, so, uh, uh, so let's, uh, let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. And uh, thank you, sir. God bless you. I was about to choke to death. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> I'll get it all blown out here in a minute. All right, let's pray and then the message. And here's what I'm going to call my message this morning, all right? Wash your feet every day. Wash your feet every day. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you now for our time together this morning. My, 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 what a blessing it has been to be here and to, uh, to fellowship with these dear uh, people. And, Father, thank you for uh, uniting our hearts and our spirits together as you have. And, Father, I just ask you now uh, to help uh, me as I speak. I want to be a blessing. But, Father, the only way I can be is if you help me. And so I ask you to help me in a great way and then help each one as we listen. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. And Father, we'll rejoice in your blessing. Thank you for the two powerful messages we have already heard this morning and how it encourages us to pray. Thank you, Father, for the Word of God and the men who delivered your Word. Now bless as we close out the meeting and we'll give you the praise and glory for all that's accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, I want us to look now at these 12 verses. And I want to show you something that I, I trust will be a, a blessing to you. What we see here in, these, in the first part of this chapter is simply a parable that the Lord Jesus acts out instead of just, you know, speaking and giving the parable, it, it, like uh, the sower and the seed, all right? He spoke that one, but that was a parable. You and I are supposed to, and the disciples were supposed to uh, look at that, hear that, and see a visual picture as he made application to it. That's one of the one uh, of the parables that, uh, that he was quick to make application to so that they would understand what he was saying. So there's all these parables in the scripture. Some were given verbally, but this one was done uh, uh, in action. It was the Lord Jesus uh, performing an act upon uh, them in front of them so they would remember. Now, there are many truths that we can pull from this story. When Jesus washed the feet of the disciples, he was teaching them some very valuable lessons that they were going to need once he ascended back to heaven to take a seat at the right hand of God the Father. Now, 
let me just, before I get to the message, let me just make a, a couple of quick statements about, uh, about the washing of feet in church. All right? First of all, I think everybody ought to wash their feet. But I think you ought to do it at home. All right? Don't bring your old stinking feet in here and expect any of us to do it for you, all right? Uh, so, uh, I, 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 I just really thought I needed to say that, all right? Then, here, here's, some, here, here's the second thing. Notice that the emphasis was, uh, was, um, was not on what happened. It was what was pictured. What was pictured. Uh, the Lord said, uh, you don't understand what I have done for you. It's a picture. They were supposed to see a picture. This, uh, the Lord is not teaching the disciples uh, to practice foot washing in church. There is, uh, number three, there is no mention. Now listen carefully to what I'm about to say. There is no mention of the practice of foot washing in the book of Acts. The church has two ordinances. Two. They are baptism and they are the Lord's Supper. And both of those are mentioned regularly in the book of Acts. But there is absolutely no mention of foot washing in the book of Acts. And so that's why we don't practice that. Now, there are some churches who do. Uh, there are some churches who do. Uh, I don't get it, but, you know, each his own, I guess. But I don't understand it. I don't, I don't, if it's not in the Bible, uh, and we're not commanded to do it, I mean, we're commanded to follow the Lord and believers' baptism, and we're commanded in the church to take the Lord's table as often as you, as you want to do it. We do it every six weeks in our church. Every six weeks, we, we have communion on a Sunday night. You say, well, on Sunday night, yes, yes, it's the Lord's Supper, not brunch. <laughs> All right? So we do it on Sunday night. And, uh, and we, we uh, regularly practice baptism. Just about every Sunday, we are uh, baptizing uh, someone. So praise the Lord for that. All right, but uh, uh, there's no mention of foot washing in the book of Acts. Now, here, here, here's um, uh, what I want to show you this morning. Just have, I think, three little points here that I trust will, uh, will help you. Number one, I want you to notice with me the illustration. The illustration. If you look at verse 5 and uh, 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 or verse 3, uh, through verse 5, you will see the illustration. The Lord Jesus was known for his ability to teach. He was the, uh, the master teacher. It's amazing how many times uh, the Lord Jesus is, uh, is recorded simply teaching, and all those that were listening, if they got into a conversation with him about the lesson, they would call him master. 
And the reason that they would is because uh, he was their rabbi. He was their teacher. And he was the best. I mean the best. There were multitudes of rabbis in Christ's day. But none could hold a candle to the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone referred to him, Sadducees, Pharisees, it didn't matter. They all referred to him as master. And so our Lord was the master at the use of the visual illustration. And here is one, and it is rich. All right, now let's look first of all at the reason for the illustration. If you look at verse 3, it says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, uh, he riseth from supper. All right, now here's the deal. The Lord Jesus now is at the end of his ministry. Do you remember uh, 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 see what John 2? Did I preach on John 2? The water pots? Oh, yeah. Water pots. Okay. Do you remember when Mary was saying to him, uh, 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 Lord, that they have no wine? And Jesus turned to Mary and said, What have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. All right? Well, here he is saying, My hour is come. My hour is come. This is what he was headed for. What? The cross. Dying on the cross of Calvary, where God took your sin debt and my sin debt and the sin debt of the whole world and placed it on his son so that the Lord Jesus, God himself, could pay our sin penalty. The wages of sin is what? Yeah, and that's what Jesus did on the cross. He died. He paid our sin debt. All right, so what do we have? Well, the Lord knows that, uh, that, that things are winding up. It's, this is why he came. It's just it's going to be the next morning. All right, it's already past six on, uh, 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 on, uh, in the day, and the next morning at, at nine o'clock, they're going to nail him to the cross. So his hour is now come. And so the Lord Jesus realizes that he's running out of opportunities to, to instruct and to teach his disciples. He's, he's trying to give them everything he can give them. He's been with them for three and a half years. He's taught them over and over and over, miracle and miracle and parable and parable and, and uh, teaching and preaching, all just straight for three and a half years. But he's got one more thing he needs to teach them. And so that's why this illustration was given. When Jesus uh, 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 left this earth to go back to heaven, uh, he uh, assumed a position at the right hand of the Father. And at the right hand of the Father, he ever liveth to make intercession for the saints. And so, as he was being a servant to his people here in the upper room, 
uh, he would die and then be buried and then rise again only to ascend back to the throne to continue his work as a servant to his own people, to, his, to his, uh, those that believe in him. So Christ is using this opportunity to teach his disciples how to live after he left them. This is how, Jesus says, this is how I want you to live after I've gone back to my Father. All right? They were, how were they to live? They were to be servants. Servants. And folks, that's all we are. We're servants. All right? We are, we are servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't serve ourselves, or we're not supposed to. We serve the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, now, that's the illustration. Now, secondly, I want us to look at the interruption. All right, now, here's where it gets interesting. Look at verse 6. We got the illustration. We've got the Lord Jesus uh, uh, knowing that his time was up here on this earth. He, he is about to go to the cross. That's his hour. That's why he came. And so he got up and he laid aside his garments. He took a towel and he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. That's the illustration. Now, here's secondly, the interruption. Now, he, this is good. Watch this. Verse 6. Then cometh he to Simon Peter. And Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? <clears throat> dost thou wash my feet? You see, while the picture, while the lesson was in progress, Peter spoke up and he interrupted the class. So Jesus saw another opportunity here to teach a very valuable lesson. Now let's look at Peter's interruption. Look at, look at verse 6. Basically, here's what he's saying. Dost thou wash my feet? Lord, you, you are going to wash my feet? You, what's he saying? Here's what he's saying. He is basically saying, Lord, do you... The Messiah, the Son of God. Remember, it was Peter who said, when Jesus asked the question, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Peter was the one that spoke up and said, Thou art the Christ. Others said, uh, Well, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're one of the other prophets. Peter said, No, no, no. Thou art the Christ. You know what Christ means? Messiah. Every time you see the word Christ, that's Messiah. All right? The anointed one. The anointed one. And that's a reference to the Lord Jesus as Messiah. And so Peter says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. God in the flesh, in other words. And folks, that's exactly who he was. That's exactly who he was. And so Peter is sitting there, and he's watching the Lord go around the table. 
And then the Lord gets to Peter, and Peter's sitting there uh, with his feet back underneath the chair, and he says, uh, Lord, you go, you're going to wash my feet? I mean, you're God's son. You're the son of God. You're God in the flesh. And you're going to wash my feet? So you see the interruption? Right there it was. Right, right there, clear as a bell. Clear as a bell. And so, look what happened. Look what happened. The Lord Jesus said in verse 6, what I, uh, what I do, thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. So in other words, you will know why I am doing this once the Holy Spirit comes to teach you all things. And then in verse 8, look at it. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt, what? Never. never wash my feet. Thou shalt never wash my feet. And, and Peter was uh, just basically saying, Lord, uh, I'll never let you lower yourself like that to me. But look at what the Lord said in verse 9. And he said, or, or in the verse 8, he said, uh, Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. And so Peter then said, Well, Lord, if that's the case, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus saith unto him, Peter, he that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean. All right, now what does all that mean? All right, what does all that mean? What did Jesus mean by that? Okay, now look please, if you will, back at verse 8. He said, if I wash thee not, thou hast no, what's the next word? Part. All right, let's, let's um, use the Bible. Let's use the Bible to explain to us the definition of the word part. Thou hast no part. Wonder what that means. Well, let's see if we can figure it out, all right? Using the Bible, uh, let's see if we can figure this out. Because understanding this little word part will give us complete understanding of the conversation that Jesus is having with Peter. All right, let's see if we can figure it out. Take your Bible, please, and go back to the Gospel of Luke and chapter 10. Luke's Gospel and chapter 10. Luke's Gospel, chapter 10. All right, now here's a familiar story uh, for you. All right, let's look down, please, at verse 38. Verse 38. And in verse 38 of chapter 10, here's what we read. It says, now it came to pass. All right, aren't you glad it didn't come to stay? <laughs> Amen, right? Yeah, all right, it came to pass. 
as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house and she had a sister called Mary which also sat watch this now which also sat at Jesus's feet and heard his word all right now what she do sat at his feet and heard his word exactly now hang on to that read on but Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said Lord dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone bid her therefore that she come and help me so what's Martha doing she's going Lord uh, I'm in here slaving away in the kitchen I mean pots and pans and food cooking it's hot in there I'm sweating and my sister is sitting out here in the floor at your feet and not helping me at all so she's angry at her sister and she said uh, she said Lord would you just go tell her to get in here and help me all right that's in the Greek <laughs> all right all that's in the Greek no it's not that's my imagination all right so 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 that's in my mind that's what she's saying now what's Mary doing sitting at Jesus's feet all right now and, and listening to his word all right so keep reading and Jesus answered and said unto her Martha Martha thou art careful and troubled about many things but one thing you with me one thing is what needful. needful Mary needed it Martha needed it hey you and I need it Amen. Yep. one thing is needful oh yeah what's that well look at your Bible look at your Bible one thing is needful and Mary hath chosen that good part what is what does part mean what's it mean in your Bible it means fellowship fellowship that's what Mary was doing she was sitting at his feet uh, uh, listening to his word she's fellowshipping with him isn't that awesome and that's what is needful for us yep. and so here's here I mean I'm gonna put it together for you in just a minute but do you see that now the word part means what fellowship, fellowship. very good you all get an A all right now turn over please to 2nd Corinthians 2nd Corinthians in chapter 6 2nd Corinthians chapter 6 now, 2 Corinthians is real easy to find. It's right after 1 Corinthians. <laughs> All right? Real easy to find. You can't miss it. All right? 6 is real easy to find. It's right after 5. All 
right? And if you haven't found it yet, just look intelligently at whatever page you happen to be on. All right, folks are going to start looking at you like you don't know your Bible. All right, look at chapter 6, verse 14. Verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what? Fellowship. fellowship. There, there's our word. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? Well, none. All right, read on, read on. And what communion hath light with darkness? You know, communion and fellowship, they're synonyms of each other, right? Right? Mm -hmm. Nod your heads. Yeah, rattle, 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 rattle. <laughs> All right, everybody got that? All right, read on. And what concord, well, concord is the same thing as fellowship, hath uh, Christ with Belial, with the devil, or what part... Oh, there's our word, isn't it? There's our word. And what part, part, hath he that believeth with an infidel? So what does part mean? It means fellowship. It means, uh, it means uh, agreement in verse 16. It means uh, 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 the word concord. It means communion. What fellowship hath light with darkness? So folks... Listen, Jesus tells Peter, now watch this, Peter, if I do not wash away your sin, then you, you, you don't have any fellowship with me. You don't have fellowship with me. You see, folks, we got to be washed in the blood. Amen. All right, washed in the blood. And so Peter hears that. And uh, he said, well, 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 Lord, if that's the case, then wash me completely. All right? So everybody understand what I'm saying now? All right? I'm going to tie it together here, so hang on. All right? We're going to put, we're going to put a little bow around it, tie it up, and just lay it out there for you. All right? What have we looked at? We've seen point one is what? The illustration. Point two was what? The interruption. the interruption, all right? And here's point three, the interpretation. Here's the interpretation. Now, look at your Bible, please. Going, going, uh, uh, going back to John. Going back to John, chapter 13. All right, John, chapter 13. Look, please, at verse 10. Let me read it again, and then I want you to see it in this light. All right, so Peter says, well, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. So wash me all over. And Jesus saith unto him, he that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet. Now notice that you have washed. And washed is what? Past tense. Right? And then he said, he that is washed, he who has been washed, past tense. And I checked the, the, the word there. The word washed means bathed. Bathed. All right? So if you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, you don't need a second bath. Amen. You are, you, you, you only need one. 
You see, we don't get born again and then again. Right. You can only be born once. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? I mean, doth not nature teach you this? Yeah. You can only be born once. You can't sit here and say, well, I'm, I'm uh, almost 70 years old. I want to be born again. Start over. Doesn't work that way. You can only be born once. All right? And so... Jesus is saying to Peter, Peter, if you've been washed, you don't need another bath. Mm -hmm. All you need, and there's a second word, is wash his feet. And you and I would understand that as wash off. All right? Just clean up your feet. What do the feet represent? They represent our walk through this world. And my friend, listen, when you walk through this world, it's filthy. And you're going to get some dirt on you. And so the Lord Jesus is saying, Peter, listen, you don't need another bath. You just need your feet washed off. You just need to get the dirt off of you every day. You go out here and walk down the road and you come back in here and you want to walk in my house with those filthy feet? No, sir. And he said, you got to wash that off. And I'm showing you how to do that. Isn't it, it, you see the picture now? That's good, isn't it? So what is the Lord teaching? Well, he is teaching us that there is a washing which believers have in Christ that never needs to be repeated. Yep. Yep. Never. Once you're saved, that's it. You don't need to get saved again. When the blood of Christ washes away your sin, you are clean, Jesus said, every whit. Every whit. A preacher of the past said, in, in Christ there is found a cleansing which is never lost. Never lost. Hebrews 10 and verse 14. By one offering he hath perfected forever them that are set apart. Colossians 1.12. Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet. Meet. M-E-E-T. To be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Hold your place here. And go, go toward the back of the Bible to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews. All right, do you remember, did I, did I tell you all why, what Hebrews is all about? Did I tell you? All right, the book of Hebrews was written to the Hebrews to get the Hebrews to quit being Hebrews. <laughs> all right, yeah. Yeah, when we say it again, the book of Hebrews was written to the Hebrews to get the Hebrews to quit being Hebrews. All right? Be Christians now. Be Christians. All right, you there? Hebrews 13, last chapter. All right, look down, please, at verse uh, 20. There it is. Verse 20. Now watch this. He says, Now, the God of peace, 
that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the what? Everlasting covenant. All right, now folks, look. Look here. I got saved in October of 1970. All right? 1970. I was a 16-year-old kid. Rebel, trouble, drunk, drug addict, the whole nine yards. Did it all. And I got saved. And on that Sunday morning at the altar, when I called upon the name of the Lord and repented of my sin and trusted Jesus, I received from God an everlasting covenant. Amen. It was called salvation. It was called eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Exactly. Now, question. According to that verse right there, when I received that covenant in October of 1970, what kind of covenant was it? An everlasting covenant, yes. All right, so the 70s are, uh, went by, and then the 80s went by, and then the 90s. I'm old. <laughs> I'm old. Huh? Don't say amen. I mean, there's some places where you just don't speak up. All right, so all those years, let's just skip all the rest of them, get over here to 2024. Now watch, watch. What kind of covenant was it over there? Everlasting. An everlasting covenant. Now watch, if it was everlasting here when God gave it to me, it's everlasting over here today. Amen. Why? Because it's an everlasting covenant. Duh. <laughs> right? Do you see that, folks? So I think if you sin, you lose your salvation. Which sin? Which sin? They're all under the blood. Which sin's going... Uh, you know, if, 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 if here's here's what they say about well, if you sin, you're gonna lose your salvation. I said, I said, I say to them all the time. Well, have you ever said a curse word? Uh, uh. <laughs> you ever said a curse word? Hmm. I'm gonna take that as a yes. Question: Did you lose your salvation when you cursed? Oh no, no, no. Mine was just a mistake. <laughs> That's what they say. And I say, show me that in the Bible. I mean, show me that in the Bible. I, I, I got into an argument with a with a woman uh, and her husband, mainly the woman. He just sat there, like you know. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> And she was arguing with me. She said, oh, I just think you can lose your salvation. I said, no, you can't. Yes, you can. No, you can't. Yes, you can. <laughs> and so I was showing her verses. And I said, now look at that. What's that say? And she said, everlasting life. I said, does that not mean what it says? 
But you can lose your salvation. I said, really? She said, yeah, my Aunt Susie said so. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're going to rely on Aunt Susie? Aunt Susie is your authority for salvation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, folks, you, you, you can't argue with ignorance. You just cannot argue with biblical ignorance. And I, I, I just sat there shocked. I could not believe. But she was adamant. You can, you can lose your salvation. Case closed. Period. Why? Aunt Susie said so. <laughs> Doesn't matter what God says. Folks, why don't we believe God and Amen. not man? I mean, Paul said in Romans 3, let every, uh, let every man be a liar and God be true. Uh, it's that simple. All right, so everlasting covenant. I don't have to be born again and again and again and again. I am washed. I am clean. But as I go through life, through the 70s and through the 80s and through... Never more, never mind. <laughs> Till today, I get some dirt on me. It's just the nature of the game. All right? It's an awful world. And so what do I need? I need to get my feet washed off. I need a part. I need fellowship. I need daily agreement. Folks, I need daily concord. Yep. That's why you'll hear us preachers say all the time, folks, get in your yep. Bible. Yep. That Bible is the water of the Word. Yep. What's the water do? I'll tell you what it does. It washes you off. Yeah. Yeah. It gets your feet clean. So you can constantly fellowship with your God. Isn't that awesome, folks? Just absolutely amazing. This book is just amazing. Amazing. So, you can see now the need to pray and to confess our sin as, as we go through each and every day. I mean, we want fellowship with the Lord Jesus. We want that fellowship to be perfect fellowship. So what we need to do is simply just stay in fellowship by taking uh, 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 the water of the word and just washing our feet every day. Just stay in close fellowship with the Lord. Let me have you turn. Let me have you turn to, uh, let's see, go to, where do I want you to go? Psalm 50. Let's see, where do I want you to go? Psalm 51. Let's go to Psalm 51. All right? Psalm 51. Now, let me lay the foundation for this psalm. In this psalm, all right, David has, is confessing his sin to God with, that he committed against Bathsheba and her husband, killing Uriah, her husband. All right? And so he is broken. Nathan has come in and pointed his finger at him and, and scorned him. 
and told him, Thou art the man. All right? So now uh, look at what happens here. Verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. That's called a guilty conscience right there. Yeah. You know, when a child of God sins against the Lord and doesn't come back and repent and get his feet clean, then uh, guilt is what sets in. And so that's what David is saying. He said, for I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Folks, we are born sinners. We're born that way. You don't have to teach a kid to do wrong. They know how to do wrong. You don't have to, you don't have to take your, your, your child as they're on their way to kindergarten and say, now, honey, let me teach you how to cheat. <laughs> All right? <laughs> that, that little guy knows how to cheat. You got it? it it's, it's innate. It's built into the system. All right? But look at what he said. He said, Behold, verse 6, Thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop. You know what that is? That's like a washcloth. All right? Purge me with hyssop, and, uh, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy. He lost his joy when he sinned against God. Amen. All right? Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Boy, you can get sour. Your spirit can get sour when you continue along with dirty feet. You can get a bad spirit about you. I've seen, I've been pastoring since I was 22 years of age. I was a green kid when I started pastoring. I, I tell everybody, you could have thrown me out the front yard and I would have taken root. That's how green I was. <laughs> All right? I mean, terrible. And, uh, and, and I've seen church members. Oh, my soul. I've seen church members. I've had them stand up in business meetings and, and, and try to tear things up. I, I've been accosted. I mean, I've had, I had one church member literally try to beat me up. Yeah. And a couple of my deacons jumped in there real quick, and they, and they protected me. And all because I preached a message, didn't even know the situation, but I preached a message, and the Holy Spirit led me to say a couple of things that 
There's no way I could have known them. But it did. I mean, I preached them. And he took it that I found out something that he, he thought his wife had told me. And so he was mad. Oh, it was terrible. And he wanted to, he wanted to whip me. He said, I'm, I'm going to whoop you. I said, mm, no, I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to do it. He said, well, you come outside. I'm going to whoop you. I said, I'm not going to fight you. He said, why not? You afraid I'm going to whoop you? I said, no, I'm afraid I'd whoop you. <laughs> but I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight somebody. No way. But you, you, you get a bad spirit. So I'll show that preacher. I'll just quit tithing. You ain't going to show that preacher anything. You're not going to show that preacher anything. The tithe is not the preachers. The tithe is the Lord's. Exactly. Well, I'll just sit over here and get in a bad spirit and I'll say what I want to say when I want to say it. You're just paddling your own self. God's just about ready to take that spiritual belt and just wear you out. Go ahead. Go ahead. I've seen people that have rebelled against authority, the authority of, of my church, against me, against their parents, teenagers, rebelling against God, against anything that is a representation of authority. And I've seen them go out and they have a miserable, miserable life. Mm -hmm. Miserable. Can't keep a job. Don't, I mean... Divorced, married, divorced, married, divorced, married, divorced. One thing after another, God just wearing them out. Come on back, son. Come on back. Well, we got to be careful, don't we? Keep a right spirit. He said, but now watch this. Watch this. This is where I'm going. Cast me not away. All right, but look at verse 12. Restore unto me... The what? Uh-huh. You see, when you get away from the Lord and you get dirty feet, you're going to lose your joy. You remember how excited you were when you first got saved? Amen. Man, I was ready to attack hell with a squirt gun. <laughs> what? Man, I, was, I, I wanted to tell everybody. And I did tell everybody. I ended up telling my friends that I used to drink with and drug with, and, I, and a couple of them got saved. A couple of them got saved. I actually got to lead them to the Lord. I mean, it, you know, but I was so happy when I first got saved. Man, I mean, I just kind of glided across the floor. So much fun. And boy, after a while, your feet get dirty, don't they? And you end up losing that joy. So let's keep our feet clean, Christian. Amen. That's the point. Amen. This illustration, and I'll close. There was a lady, and she had a little son, about 10 years old. And she had an appointment early in the morning. And she didn't have anyone to watch her son. Her husband went to work. She worked evening shift. So she didn't get home until he was already in bed. 
And of course, the husband would take care of the of the children. There were three of them, and the husband would take care of them while she was at work. And so he puts the kids to bed. She comes in. She collapses in bed. She's exhausted. She gets up early the next morning, waits till the very last minute before waking her 10-year-old son to go with her. So she goes in, and she shakes him, and she says, Honey, come on, get dressed, get up, brush your teeth, wash your face. Come on, we got to go. We're, we're, we're going to be late. Hurry up. He goes, Okay. So she goes out of the room to finish getting ready. He gets up, brushes his teeth, puts on the same clothes that he had on yesterday. All right? She's not paying any attention. She's down at the door. Come on, son, come on. Well, he goes running downstairs, and he is filthy. He had been playing out with his buddies, and it had rained that uh, late that uh, afternoon yesterday. And so he's filthy. His pants are dirty. His shirt is dirty. His face is dirty. His arms and his hands, his shoes, everything about it. And she just looks at him and goes, oh. And she just says, I can't. I, I'm just going to have to take you dirty. And she takes him. She takes him, throws him in the car. Why didn't you get a bath last night? Well, Dad said he didn't have to. I bet he's in the doghouse, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you change clothes? I never thought about it. And so here he is, just dirty. But it, she went into her appointment, and as she was standing in the foyer, waiting on the elevator, this man comes in, and he looks down at that little boy, and he says, My goodness, son. How did you get so dirty this morning? It's not even 8.30 and you are dirty. How'd you get so dirty this morning? And the mom looks over and says, he didn't get like this this morning. He went to bed like this last night. How many of us go to bed each night dirty? Dirty feet. As we walk through this world, we don't take time to wash our feet. Folks, spend time with the Word of God every day. Amen. Every day. Amen. This book is a light. It's a lamp. It'll guide your steps. It'll give you wisdom. David said, I have more understanding than all my teachers. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? <coughs> Just amazing. And that that's the Word of God. Amen. It'll keep you clean. Let's bow our heads, please. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You see, folks, everything in the Christian life hinges around this Bible, doesn't it? Huh? Everything. If we're not in the Word, if we're not in the in the book. We're not in the book. We've got problems. We're going to get dirty. I wonder how long has it been since you've washed your feet? Huh? 
with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, wonder how many will say, Preacher, pray for me. Pray for me. I needed this challenge this morning because I haven't been keeping those short accounts with God. I haven't been washing my feet daily. I know I need to now. I see it. But I haven't been. And you're right, Pastor. If you don't stay purposely close to the Lord, what's going to happen is you're going to lose your joy. And maybe some of you have lost your joy. I don't know. But I'm telling you, there's no time like right now to rededicate and reconsecrate your heart to the Lord. Just get all excited and fired up for God and want to serve Him. With our heads bowed, I wonder how many will say, Preacher, I needed that. Pray for me. I need to keep my feet clean. Would you lift your hand all over this building this morning? Oh, God bless all of you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Thank you. You may put your hands down. Now, folks, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, let's all stand to our feet. And I'm going to pray. And then I want to invite you that raised your hand. I want to invite you to step out and come and make a decision for the Lord. This is it. This revival time. And we're, 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 we're shutting down here. So it's now or the devil's going to take the seed and fly away with it. So I want to invite you to come. You can't kneel, just walk down here and stand. But please do business with God this morning, this afternoon. Father, you know our hearts today, and I pray that you'll speak to every heart. Father, draw us to your side. May we be more comfortable up here praying to you than we are standing in our seats. We need clean feet. We need to, as we go through life, be clean vessels that you can use. So bless now, Father, in Jesus' name. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if God's touched your heart, please step out and come right now. You raised your hand. You said, Preacher, pray for me. Well, I did, but I can't make a decision for you. That's something you have to do for yourself. You can't get down the aisle just make an altar out of the chair you're in.
to overflowing. And I trust all of this helps fill us up um, with what we need in the spirit um, and resources. Please take those tracks with you. Am I kidding? My back's sore today. <laughs> take all that you can. Um, we'll ship you more. I've still got about 100, at least 100,000, maybe 150,000 in storage. Um, so if there's one you like, you know, there's one you like from the past. Someone's already asked about some from last year. Um, that we got a different variety this year. Um, I'll be glad to add that to next year's order. Uh, the one with the fireman last year was a big hit. And uh, as for that one, the smiley face, that's a big one. If you haven't grabbed the smiley face one, it's easy. Turn a frown upside down. Hey, I'm giving out smiles today. And I've gotten so many good responses. You turn around, I may not get to talk to them, but you turn around, they're walking away, open up, see what's inside here. Yeah. And guess what? Boom. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The right. seed is starting to be planted. Um, if they want to toss it or whatever, the one thing they will never, ever, 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 ever get away, get rid of is that seed. The seed of conviction, they'll take all the way to the grave. The seed of conviction, they'll take all the way to the great white throne of judgment if they don't trust Jesus Christ as right. and Savior because that right. seed is what's going to judge them according to the book of John, the word of God. They reject it. One day, it's going to be their judge. Jesus didn't come to judge today. He came to save. But his same word is going to judge them. We need to get it in their heart. Once we get it in their heart, we just have to trust the Spirit to do his job. But our job is to be able to get that out there to them. So be faithful to the gospel tracks and all that we're doing. Thank you, man, for being here. Everyone that took the journey down, I know you like to get out of Auckland and you just love this uh, pretty smile. <laughs> I kind of you know, stuck in this for a little outside, but even what you missed it, it's a beautiful place to be. Um, so if you're hanging around tomorrow, we will be on McGarvey, um, 15 McGarvey Street, at the Fletcher Cole Hall. If you're hanging around tomorrow,